This is the 75th episode of Decoding Fox News, and I'm your host, Juliet Jeske. Each week, I watch and analyze. This past week, it was 18 hours of Fox News, and then break it down. I watch all the Fox News you'd never want to. Let's get into it. Here's the headline. Fox News lied to its audience about the charges against Donald J. Trump and January 6th. How do they know that he knew that there was no fraud? And if this goes to trial, are we going to now have to go back and find fraud in the 2020 election? Is this now what we're going to go relitigate? Does this open up the entire 2020 election? False rumors and allegations of election irregularities. Really? Is that a criminal issue? I mean, is that is that the basis of this conspiracy? Trump said the voting machines weren't secure. Again, we're going back to voting machines at trial in court in an election year. We're going to bring in voting machine executives who explain everything's fine and then they're up on cross-examination. We're going to go through that again, Jonathan Turley. To me, translates into this is the criminalization of what the left likes to call disinformation and misinformation. He's being indicted for free speech. He's being indicted for objecting to the way that the 2020 election was carried out. And any American that takes that view should be equally concerned. Are they next? Do not even think about standing up for someone like Donald Trump again. Don't think about it. We could send you to jail. Give Donald Trump the opportunity to relitigate the 2020 election in federal court. This is what Donald Trump's been dying to do for the last two and a half years. He's going to have subpoena power. He's going to cross-examine witnesses. We're now living in America where equal justice is dead. The equal application of our laws is a thing of the past. That we're the shredding of our Constitution. We're witnessing this in real time in front of our own eyes. That doesn't change the fact that they are trying to throw this man in jail for multiple life sentences. So what's at stake here is the president's freedom, and as your earlier guest said, free speech and the Constitution itself. Sean, this indictment is the legal equivalent of the French guillotine, the reign of terror. This is a mob mentality to take out Donald Trump. They are criminalizing any resistance to Democrat officials in the states who violated election laws. But I can't help but think about the Americans out there that are not watching Hannity tonight. They're not watching Fox News. They're watching Bravo, or they're not paying attention to news in general. That last voice you heard was Tommy Lauren of she's now at OutKick. I thought that was an interesting clip because she says, all the people not watching Fox, all the people. I'm like, yeah, maybe getting more accurate information than your horrible network. I also get a kick out of Stephen Miller losing his mind. I could listen to a loop of that. You could give me, uh, because again, he's hilarious when he gets upset because he just starts yelling. And it, I'm just yelling and I'm yelling and I'm mad and I'm mad. And I'm Stephen Miller. It's like, okay, Betty, just woo. Cool your jets. Gonna gonna burst. Gonna have an aneurysm. I honestly could watch like hours of Stephen Miller having breakdowns. I if you I maybe this is odd of me. Maybe it's because I consume a lot of poison in the form of Fox News, but I could for entertainment purposes only watch Stephen Miller have a breakdown. Extended. That could be a movie. Stephen Miller has a breakdown. And um, I would just, you know, pop some corn, sit down, have a ginger ale. I like my ginger ale. I'm not really a cola type gal. And just sit back and be like, all right, we're doing this. So last week, former President Donald J. Trump was indicted on charges related to his role in the violent attack on the Capitol on January 6th, 2021. This is the third criminal indictment the former president has faced since he left office. Fox News anchors reacted as they've done in the past. They minimized the charges against Trump, twisted the facts in the indictment, and claimed that Trump was somehow representative of every disgruntled American. The network framed Trump's plight as, if the federal government can do this to Trump, they can do it to anyone. The former president is not just fighting these charges to save himself, he's defending every American from the evil tyranny that is the Biden regime. Fox News personalities and guests falsely claimed the charges against Trump were a violation of his freedom of speech 
They downplayed the severity of the January 6th attack and used every opportunity to bring up various unverified claims of criminal misconduct by Hunter Biden and his father. The Fox News strategy was simple. Lie, minimize, and deflect. Now, I don't include, to save our all of our sanity, I don't include any Hunter Biden clips in this episode because I can't take it anymore. I mean, it'll come up. I'm sure it'll be very high on the list this week. But I do want to just focus on what they're doing with the indictment because most, pretty much everything about Hunter was recycled. It's the same stuff we've heard already. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to spare you. I'm going to spare me <laughs> the same old, same old Hunter Biden. Um, but we're going to focus on, on for this podcast on uh, how specifically they manipulated the indictment. Now, we're six and a half minutes and I should give a word out to my sponsor. We only have a couple more weeks of this sponsor before it's over. The Tau Knight Center for News Integrity at the Craig Newmark Graduate School of Journalism at CUNY. And I am a graduate of that wonderful institution, not a student. I'm also supported by listeners of this podcast and readers of my newsletter. What's the newsletter, you ask? The newsletter is the written version of the podcast, which can be found at my Decoding Fox News substack. So you can go there if you'd like to read it. It's lots of hyperlinks this week, lots of hyperlinks. And those hyperlinks will take you to sources where I got all my information. I'm a big believer in citing my sources and giving credit to other people's work. If you would like to become a sponsor, um, you can go to Decoding Fox News at my Substack. You can go to Patreon for Decoding Fox News and you can donate that way. There's also a little dollar sign next to my name on Twitter um, and you can make a donation that way as well. I am incredibly proud to be reader and listener supported because nobody can lay me off Nobody can stop me and nobody can threaten my grant, which I ran it. We're going to I'm going to talk about that in another episode. Um, brace yourselves. I'm doing the Greg Gutfeld dramatic reading Twitter theater. I'm going to go through all the tweets he made at me and kind of make fun of him because I live life on the edge. No, I just I believe very strongly in standing up to bullies and not flinching. And that's exactly why I want to do this. And I do think it'll be humorous. Because he, it was, it's very Fox News. He kind of created his own narrative that was just not happening and, and just double, tripled down on it. And I was like, this is entertaining. Okay, so we're going to go into, this is the clip of the week. Uh, this clip just defines everything. Every now and then, someone will go on Fox. And I call this Fox Guest Goes Rogue. And a Fox Guest Goes Rogue moment is when someone is invited on Fox they stare the devil down, they roll the dice, and they tell the truth, knowing that they may never be invited back on again, knowing that someone could like cut their, cut their segment entirely. Now this was live because this was Fox and Friends, and he may, not have, he may have realized that he had a good chance of this remaining in the program because it was live. It's hard to cut that. So this was from Wednesday the day after the indictment, and this man sums it up perfectly in about one minute. So he has a First Amendment right to say the election was stolen. He can say that all over the country. He can say it all over TV. He has a right to file lawsuit after lawsuit claiming that the election was stolen, try to stop the certification. However, where he got in trouble is when they assembled these electors in the various states after Joe Biden had been declared the winner by the secretaries of state or by the governors, had them sign a certification saying we are the duly elected and duly certified electors. That's where he's going to argue there was no good faith basis. That's where he's going to say the fraud took place. If I can make an analogy, right? Yeah. I could come on your show. I can say I'm Elon Musk's long lost son and I'm entitled to inherit all of his billions and billions of dollars when he dies. I can say that all over the country, even though it's false, even though it's stupid, right? But it's the First Amendment. You're First protected. Amendment, exactly. But if after Elon Musk passes away, I walk into probate court, hand up a document that says, hey, this is Elon Musk's will, and I know it's not his will, and it says I'm his son, and I say I get all his billions of dollars, guess what? Then I've committed fraud, then I've committed forgery, then I've maybe done an attempted grand larceny. And Jack Smith is going to make the argument that that's where they were not acting in good faith, that when they had these uh, false certificates prepared, when they asked Mike Pence to accept those rather than the other certificates, that's where he's going to argue the fraud was committed. So, yes, despite what Fox is going to repeat for probably months, that this is somehow a violation of Trump's freedom of speech, in which Trump said, I think I won the election. I think I won the election. I think I won the election. They're saying it's perfectly okay to say that, even if you may have known that you didn't. But it's the fact that you tried to, 
enact this entire scheme with paperwork and fake electors who were going to basically defy the law, break the law, and force you to stay in office. That is where you messed up. That's where you went over the line, and that is fraud. And that lawyer just put it perfectly. So this next clip, oh, we have, man, I knew this was a clutch your pearls as soon as I saw it. And if you're, again, a regular of this podcast, I, I make a lot of silly voices, and this is one of them. Uh, this is, here we go. Clutch your pearls. Clutch your pearls. Clutch your pearls. Woo. And a clutch your pearls moment is when someone on Fox gets horribly, horribly offended by something that if the situation were reversed, they wouldn't even blink. This is Laura Ingram getting deeply, just emotionally scarred by CNN uh, kind of cutting off a 30-second clip of Donald J. Trump. Now, the clip that she plays is from the whole story with Anderson Cooper from CNN. The real co-conspirators. That's the focus of tonight's angle. That the Biden just firmly is going after. Well, thank you very much. This is out. a very sad right. day for. But that's all I see. We just saw the former president actually being handed an umbrella by his co-conspirator, Walt Nauta. Okay, that little routine that they pulled when the president started speaking, that kind of sums up the media's culpability in perpetuating a fraud upon the American public. They're not journalists, they're liberal hacks who don't like or trust the tens of millions of Americans who voted for Donald Trump last election. Of course, they weren't going to actually cover what a former president of the United States was saying in his own defense, but we will. This is a very sad day for America, and it was also very sad driving through Washington, D.C., and seeing the filth and the decay and all of the broken buildings and walls and the graffiti. This is a persecution of a political opponent. This was never supposed to happen in America. So if you can't beat him, you persecute him or you prosecute him. We can't let this happen in America. Well, shame on the regime media for not having the decency to cover this case as it should be covered or those remarks. But none of us should be surprised. The New York Times, the Washington Post, other cable networks, they're teeming with unindicted co-conspirators. At every turn, they seek to protect the party in power and convict the Republicans in a coordinated effort to interfere with the next presidential election. So the CNN, like Fox, is a 24-hour news channel. The brief clip that she just showed where Anderson Cooper and his guests very, very briefly uh, talked over the 30-second clip of Trump <laughs> was one example out of many of CNN showing that 30-second clip. I found a version of it on YouTube from CNN in 30 seconds. I don't watch CNN because I can't handle that much media. I watch so much media as it is um, for this job, just to go over the PBS hours that I do every week and the Fox hours that I go every week. Um, however, I knew, because everybody on Twitter when I posted that clip said, are you kidding? CNN showed that the 30-second clip of... Trump on the tarmac with the umbrella talking to the camera over and over and over again. I said, of course he did. So I go to YouTube and I just go Trump statement post indictment and boom, it came up immediately. And there it was CNN and it was him with the umbrella looking into the camera saying that stupid statement. So yes, if you cherry pick one, one example, Laura Ingram and go, look, the mainstream media, which is funny when Fox says that because Fox is the mainstream media as well. Um, is leaving this story out. They're also co-conspirators. Now, and I also want to point out that when the January 6th hearing, uh, the congressional investigation into the January 6th attack on our Capitol uh, aired in prime time, Fox refused to air it. They put it on Fox Business, which has a much smaller audience. I know because I captured all of these. And they also, like, Kind of uh, when it was on during the day, it, they'd kind of include it on Fox and sometimes they just abruptly cut it off. There'd be no commentary. They did all kinds of stuff to minimize it. But the uh, there was like two instances where the hearings were at prime time and they actually got great ratings. Fox lied to their their viewers and said it got terrible ratings and they completely ignored it. So, yes, Laura Ingram, 
Clutch your pearls. Clutch them. Clutch them tightly. Clutch them with your right hand. Grip them. Grip them and hold on tight. Sometimes that voice is British and sometimes it's Southern. Southern, I think, is funnier. Clutch your pearls. Clutch your pearls, Laura Ingram. Clutch them. Clutch them tight. Okay, I feel better about that. Now we're moving on. Oh, we have another Laura Ingram clip. This is from Wednesday from the Ingram Angle. And uh, this is a brief clip of Laura Ingram minimizing the January 6th attack. For me, the words farcical, ridiculous, abusive, those words came to mind. But after going over the document for the second time earlier today, I realized it's far worse than any of that. What Jack Smith and his boss, Merrick Garland, are doing, not just to Trump, but to the nation going forward, is devastating. Now, the DOJ, the White House, every member of Congress knows the truth. The ragtag group of MAGA supporters who busted into the Capitol on January 6th, they had no meaningful effect on the democratic process on that day. Only propagandists could call it an insurrection. So, of course, I think uh, the many men and women who are facing prison time for their role in the January 6th attack would disagree with Laura Ingram that it was not. Uh, they would probably argue that it was an attempted insurrection of some kind. They were definitely trying to affect the vote for president. So Ingram was completely rewriting history. A bipartisan Senate report found that at least seven people died as a result of the riot on January 6th. Now I'm going to break it down. So according to reporting by the New York Times, one protester, Ashley Babbitt, was shot by Capitol Police while three others died during the riot. You don't often hear these names, but I would like to remind Laura Ingram of them. Kevin D. Green died from a heart attack. Rosen, Roseanne Boyland was accidentally crushed in a stampede by other rioters. And Benjamin Phillips died of a stroke. Capitol Police Officer Brian Sicknick died the day after of, of the attack of a stroke. Two other officers, Jeffrey Smith of the Metropolitan Police Department and Howard Liebengood of the Capitol Police, both committed suicide soon after the attack. So after the bipartisan report that said at least seven people died was released in June, two other Metropolitan Police officers, Gunther Hashida and Kyle D. Freetag, also committed suicide in July. Roughly 140 police officers were injured during the attack and some sustained severe career-ending injuries. And I have hyperlinks to all of this. So writers were seen on camera screaming, hang Mike Pence, while also threatening the then-speaker Nancy Pelosi. So, I, you know, we have the video. I could play it. I'd rather not, but give me a break to act as if that was just a, you know, a day in the park. Just a kind of a rude protest is a bit is a bit much. Now, I had several examples of the next clip I'm going to play you uh, about the election denialism that's still being promoted heavily on Fox News. And this is stunning since the network paid out three quarters of a billion dollars to Dominion Voting Systems for promoting false stories about the 2020 election that involved Dominion Voting Systems. They're also fa facing a, I think it's $2.7 billion lawsuit from Smartmatic which is another voting technology company, uh, that's coming up. And yet, they can't help themselves. Now, this was, again, one example of many. It's Jesse Waters. He's kind of losing his mind again in this clip, talking about, he, I, I don't know if he honestly believes that litigation is going to help sort of uncover some deep, dark secret about the 2020 election and Trump will be victorious. There's overwhelming evidence, overwhelming evidence that Trump did not win the 2020 election, that he was soundly defeated by Biden. But go right ahead, waste your time. It's going to be interesting to see how this unfolds, actually, um, because what you could pull off in a news conference or uh, whatever, you know, on a, on a daily show or whatever, you can't pull off in court. You just can't get away with the same bravado and bluff because the judge is going to say absolutely not i'm not hearing that absolutely not that's garbage you need actual evidence to back up these claims and they don't have it so this is jesse waters and again this is from the five on thursday some really smart lawyer earlier on fox said that if they're going to bring in Barr as a witness they get to cross bar and say okay well you told trump there was no election fraud what'd you do to investigate it how many man hours did you spend how much money did you spend where did you go 
What did those lieutenants tell you? I mean, you can't say uh, everything's fine. It was like two weeks he checked for fraud, okay? Everybody has the right to be suspicious in this country. If you have a COVID election where they blow out all of the signature requirements, they blow out all of the deadlines, and then they blast out all these unsolicited ballots into the ecosystem with no chain of custody, you're not suspicious. You have a right to be suspicious. And all these state legislators had no power to do anything about it. It was just done via judicial fiat. And then Zuckerberg lands, I think it was a half a billion, layers over all of these election volunteers, all over the state worker act. These people were activists that were running this thing. So if someone sends you an affidavit that says there's monkey business in Detroit, the president has every legal right to call the you know, Michigan state legislature and say, can you guys look into this? Maybe you want to send an alternative slate of electors for me. And by the way, it's not a big deal to send an alternative slate of electors. You know what they did when, like, what, a half dozen uh, alternate electors came in? They had the real ones, then they got the alter alternative ones, and then they just threw the other ones in the trash. That's it. It didn't, it didn't mean anything. It's just an alternative elector. That's it. Love his voice there at the end. It's just an alternative elector. That's it. It didn't mean, it didn't mean anything. It didn't mean anything. I'm Jesse Waters. I'm the dumbest person on Fox News. I said it. I said it. It'd be kind of a tight race between him and Rachel Campos Duffy and maybe Brian Kilmeade, but, um, no, I think Brian Kilmeade is smarter. I said it. I said it. I think Brian Kilmeade is smarter. I think Jesse Waters, the one comment I get from everyone that follows this account on every platform I'm on is, boy, that man is dim. He's dumb. People always comment. They go, how does he function? And I go, I don't know. One of his nicknames is Dumb Tucker. Dumb Tucker. And then Jesse Waters, to his credit, openly says that he's dumb. Like, I'm not that bright. I'm really, really. I just made him a Muppet. I'm not that bright. He doesn't actually talk like that. But in my brain, he... If I was going to make him into a Muppet, he would be like the mediocre white male who's taller than average with a thick head of hair and bushy eyebrows who somehow, through just a sprinkling of charisma, manages to have a multi-million dollar career on a propaganda network. And, you know, it'd be he'd be like the patron saint of mediocre white males. Just sort of... I just stumbled into this. I made some racist segments about Chinatown. People always bring that up when I post him almost pretty much almost every time. I get a high-profile Jesse Waters clip. People in the comments on Twitter will bring up the Chinatown segment. You can find that on YouTube. It's awful. And, you know, I get that comment. I get the comment that I clipped, the, the clip that I found in April two, uh, of 2022, where he uh, bragged about letting the air out of his in then intern's tires, and now he's married to her, you know, so she'd go out with him. I let the air out of her tires so she'd be desperate and ask me for a ride home. <laughs> you know, works like a charm. That's what he said at the very end of that clip. Works like a charm. And then he laughed. And then I posted it, and it went gangbusters on Twitter, and then he lied with Greg Gutfeld, and they went on the five, and they said I edited it creatively, and that he said he was joking, and then I immediately slapped up the clip and proved that, no, nobody said the word joke. Nobody said I'm kidding. There was no, haha, that was a joke. They didn't, not, not at all. I proved it. Anyway, moving on. This is always fun. Things got spicy on Fox and Friends on Friday between Steve Ducey and Brian Kilmeade. These two have worked together for over two decades, and it shows. That's all I have to say about that. Some added context. This is about Donald J. Trump and the indictment he faces. He got a bunch of bad advice from his lawyers. He was doing what his lawyers, who Mike Pence referred to a couple of days ago, as his, his crackpot lawyers. Or three, he believed he actually had won. Now, here's the problem with that. Ty Cobb, who actually uh, was employed by Donald Trump during the Mueller investigation, he was one of Trump's lawyers, said that uh, he tweeted this, or he put this on Facebook. He said, there will be evidence from several witnesses in this case that Donald Trump knew he lost. He said, I lost. And then Ty Cobb goes on to say, it's going to be a D.C. jury. And this is the last line of Ty Cobb. He said, Donald Trump 
He's toast. Well, Steve, Steve I, that's where he's been. But I will say this: Who cares what Ty Cobb says? Anybody who's been lawyer. around, yeah. But he was his lawyer because I've been around him for the last a year and a half of the uh, Brian, well, investigation. Brian, I'm just reporting. But, the facts. No, but but, but, are, but think about this: reporting. Everybody around Trump, in in casual conversation, in right. serious conversation, on tour and beyond. Because we'll, we'll not go five seconds without him saying he won the election. He was down Sean Hannity's throat for not defending right. him Brian, what for the I January 6th. I said Ty Cobb but says they, they have and my, several and people who were told right. by Trump, that's fine. I know so, I lost. But that's fine. He says, you know, we lost. So you're going to, wait a second. So they believe that there's going to be traction in a courtroom because Ty Cobb and a few other people said he lost when almost everybody else said he won? Why is that even part of this legal case? Yeah. Because he sincerely believed that he lost the election. I didn't even think that was going to be even brought up. A lot of people just said to him, drop it. I well, know how you feel. Change the subject. Yeah, so Attorney General... Now, this next clip really cracks me up because I called it a couple weeks ago. I said that Fox News would start to openly beg Trump to be a part of their Republican presidential debate, the first one that's going to be on August 23rd. So far... Trump has said he doesn't want to be a part of it. He doesn't need to be a part of it. He's above it. Like, oh, I don't need to waste my time, basically. And they're, they know that if they don't have him, the ratings will be severely hit. Because, you know, who's going to watch it? Not as many people. If they have the crazy person there, everyone will watch it. Including people like me. I will watch it regardless. But everyone will watch it because just to see the horror show that is Donald J. Trump. He's that, he's that guy. He's P.T. Barnum. He is the P.T. Barnum of tragic politics. I don't know how to describe it, but oh, he he just sucks the life out of everything. I'm so sick of him. But and and I mean, I could do you want me to go, I could go on a 4-hour rant about Trump. I'm not going to. But so this is a selection of clips. This was actually over uh, the entire hour of Fox and Friends where they all had their shot and I've edited it to give them each moment, but do see Kilmeade and Ansley Anhart all had an, their own special way of urging Donald J. Trump to join the Fox presidential debate in August. You know what? Uh, regarding the Fox debate, I think the one thing, one reason Donald Trump will want to show up is Donald Trump does not want to see the ratings the next day. And 50 million people watched it because it's going to be on all the Fox platforms. But he's not going to want to see Ron DeSantis yeah. in the center podium because yeah. that was Trump's podium during the debate. You're right. You're right. He's and gonna... Donald Trump wants his podium. Right. If he watched it on TV and he thought, I'm supposed to be there. Yeah. I should be right I should there. Be there right? I should be making I, the I folks just, laugh. He doesn't want to look at that and then say, gosh, I made a mistake. Oh, so it was interesting. But just, just a real yeah, quick on this poll. Ducey's line there, I should be making the people laugh. I just, oh my God. Oh my God. Does that, does Trump think that's his role? I should be making the people laugh. That Steve Ducey said that of Trump. You may have missed it. It's subtle, but it absolutely destroyed me. Okay, here's the rest of the clip. 46%, the New York Times poll, yeah. are still considering voting for a different candidate. Mm -hmm. Governor Ron DeSantis is solid second, head to head. If it is just one-on-one, 62% to 31%, Trump beats his second closest rival. Obviously, it's Ron DeSantis. <clears throat> Everybody else in single digits. It should be interesting. But to me, if I see this poll, and I'm Donald Trump, I feel great about what my poll numbers are. But why risk? Why not go for, uh, you know, go to, for the clincher by showing up in the debate on August 23rd yeah. and saying, okay, take a look at the rest of the field. This is why I'm leading. Uh, and uh, hopefully he'll decide to do that. Yeah, I mean, you can't take your voters for granted. I no. hope he does decide to show up because voters want to hear from him. There are people that are undecided at this point because we really don't know who's going to go, who's going right. to who the two candidates well, are going to be. And, you know, a certain number, hardcore Trump people. A big chunk, a bigger chunk, persuadable, and then the anti-Trumpers. Yeah, you, but, do, you don't want to get to, I mean, look at the tortoise and the hare. I mean, you don't want to get too... There's a word I want to use. I don't think I'm going to use it. You don't want to get uh, ahead of your skis. You don't want to get too over excited your skis. over your skis. You don't want to get too excited and take your voters for granted. Now because... I want to know what you're going to say. <laughs> don't say it. <laughs> I don't it. think I can say it. No. I don't know. I'll ask you during the commercial break. Okay. The, that was you don't the, want to... the tortoise in here was true. Because you don't want to get uh, too excited and say, oh, I've got this in the can. Right. I am way ahead and take everyone for granted. And then someone does better right. on the debate stage. So with that one, you kind of get three different uh, tactics 
with the same goal in mind. You have Steve Deuce. I'm Steve Deucey. And he says, hey, you got to make people laugh. You got to be the showman. You don't want to give that other guy the single the single podium, do you? The center podium. Do you want to give that to that Ron DeSantis guy? <laughs> then you had Ansley Einhardt who's like, don't want to take your, your voters for granted. Y'all, you don't want to take you, you, the skis and the tortoise and the hare. You don't want to get ahead of your skis. I, I can't say that. And then you had Brian Kilmeade who's like, uh, there's this poll that says uh, 46% of Republicans might pick somebody else. You know, somebody, somebody that could happen. Trump, you, you can't let that happen. August 23rd. August 23rd. Anyway, that's, that's going to get louder and louder. I predict it's going to happen. If I had a lot of money, I don't. I'd put money on it. This next one is a purposefully goofy edit. Um, I had, There's no way to edit this clip. It was seven and a half minutes long. It was convoluted. It was completely confusing. I think on purpose. It was like they threw a lot at, at the viewer at once. Uh, so I did a goofy edit of it. And I'll explain it after I play it. This is Pete Hegseth filling in for Laura Ingram on the Ingram angle. And he's also talking to Victor Davis Hanson. Again, this went on for seven and a half minutes. It made absolutely no sense. It was very difficult to, to, to offer a clip of this. So I'm just going to describe this conspiracy theory. And we'll see if it has legs. This might die kind of right away. They might be talking about this years from now. Who knows? Barack Obama's Obama. Obama lies. He's not normal, meaning Obama's not normal. Obama, let's get to the scandalous and revealing stuff. Obama, Obama claimed it was Obama's refusal, Obama's refusal to leave Washington, D.C. after his presidency. Barack Obama, Barack Obama. You would have thought Obama would finally depart the nation's capital. You see, it all makes sense now. Obama remade the DOJ during his presidency into a partisan tool for Democrats that kept them away from scrutiny. They all count on the Obama-crafted DOJ to cover for them. Obama probably better than, mo than the vast majority of people. Obama's behind the scenes affecting a lot of this. Obama's, Obama's life and Obama presidency, which he did with Obama, and he come, and Obama not only had character flaws in Obama, the bizarre things that happened during the Obama presidency. And Obama as well. Obama's sort of... Obama feels a lot more... Both uh, Obama and Biden had lunch recently. He's still pulling strings back there. Yes, Fox has gotten this desperate. They're going all the way back to Obama. This is the premise. I'll sort of explain it as briefly as possible. Uh, a man who wrote a biography that was got mixed reviews about Obama... And, named David Garrow. He was the author of Rising Star, The Making of Barack Obama. So he is the source of this. And he's, his basic claim is that when Obama stayed in Washington after his second term, um, he claimed he stayed there because his kids were still in school and they're about to graduate and he just wanted to let it easier for them, which actually makes a ton of sense. Um, but they turned it into no... This is the claim that was very convoluted and difficult to clip. This is why I didn't clip it. Of David Garrow basically saying or implying that, and this doesn't make any sense, that Obama stayed in Washington, D.C. so he could still manipulate and influence the Department of Justice to benefit the Democrats. Like, what? How? So I guess Trump was such an effective president that he had no idea the former president was secretly pulling strings within the Department of Justice. I mean, this just seems like they are rewriting history to, again, take blame the Democrats for everything, take any responsibility from Trump away, and then to sort of make up an excuse for why they claim the Department of Justice was working against Trump while he was president. Not the fact that Trump committed a number of crimes, or allegedly admitted, uh, you know, committed a, a number of crimes. No. Some quite blatantly right in front of us, like January 6th. No. They would say that it was all Obama secretly pulling the strings. And, of course, he, I guess he couldn't do that if he moved back to Chicago. No. He had to be in D.C. to secret. It makes no sense. Now, the same biographer has been widely criticized. I included a link uh, for a book he wrote about Martin Luther King. Apparently he wrote like a really great book about Martin Luther King. And then like some of these writers do as they get older, they kind of lose it. 
and he wrote a really bad book about Martin Luther King that made some wild accusations that were based off of some FBI documents that many historians say are just part of a smear campaign against uh, Martin Luther King Jr. and that they had nothing to do with reality. It was just made up garbage, rumors and nonsense. So he got wildly, so this is the same man. And they sort of talked about that on Fox, but they basically said, oh, they hate him because he tells the truth. Oh, okay, that's a nice way of putting it. This next clip is a brief clip. It's a bonus clip for the podcast. I couldn't fit it in the newsletter. The newsletter has a kind of a limit on how much I can cram in it. And I kind of push it to its limit every single week. Because I have a problem. I don't know. I'm trying to I'm trying to include as much content as I possibly can. When you go over an entire week and make a newsletter, you you I want to give my readers as much as possible. I don't want to skimp. I don't want to do like, oh, I'm only going to do five clips or I'm only going to do five topics this week. I think it was nine. So this is um, this is one that wouldn't fit. There's again, it's, there's just a limit. Robert Charles, the former assistant secretary of state, came on, this is Fox and Friends again, to talk about two American sailors who got caught selling secrets to the military secrets to the Chinese. Now, this was his take on it. Um, Robert Charles is from the George W. Bush administration. And again, he was former assistant secretary of state, has a military background. And this is what he said. And it's just wacky. There's no nice way of putting it. Just wacky. Able officer and assistant secretary of state at George W. for George W. Bush, Robert Charles joins us now. Robert, what strikes you most about this? I think there are a few things, uh, and good morning to all of you. I think first thing, uh, you know, it reminds us that China is always after our military personnel, and they are the largest, most consistent, and most aggressive espionage actor on the world stage. I think it also reminds us that readiness is critical. And, you know, this this went on apparently for in one case a year and in the other case for two years. And that tells you that we're more focused on things like wokeness than we are on readiness. And you don't win wars with wokeness. You win it with readiness. And, you know, the last thing I'll just add is that you look at this and you got to wonder if what was going on in these guys' minds was I've got a president here that, you know, has accepted tens of millions of dollars from China. Uh, in what looks like a pretty clandestine kind of way. And uh, and lo and behold, you know, uh, maybe I should have a shot at this. And so he took this account of two sailors getting busted for selling military secrets to the Chinese, blamed wokeness, and then twisted himself around and b- basically uh, believed these unsubstantiated, unverified claims about Biden taking bribes from China, which, again, there's no proof of that. And then basically said, well, eh, that was their motivation. You know, if the president can take bribes from China, so can I. Okay, buddy. Okay, buddy. Uh, the wokeness, too. It's just they blame wokeness on anything. And by the way, wokeness, go woke, go broke. Uh, the Barbie movie made over a billion dollars. I know they're screaming. Silent screams. They're grabbing pillows and just, no! And if you're listening to this podcast somewhere where a relative co-worker or friend walks in and just hears me going ah! sorry just, you know just explain this woman has to listen to fox news has to watch fox news all week she has to watch fox news all week think of what that's doing to her psyche think it's made me very kind of loopy anyway i want to go back to barbie it's a great movie i cracked up laughing the whole time I want to go back to Barbie in an all-Target outfit that says Target on it somehow. Just fine clothing that says, I love Target. And then guzzle a Bud Light just out of spite. And sit next to one of my trans friends. I have a few. I'll bring a trans friend. I don't mean to disrespect trans people. It's just that Fox hates trans people so much, so brazenly, that I'll take a few of my trans friends. We'll go as a group. We'll wear our Target outfits. We'll drink Bud Light. And we'll watch Barbie and just throw money at the screen. Just throw it. Just take spare change and just throw it at the screen. Take that, Fox. Ha! So briefly, before we move on to the next segment, I had a request from multiple followers this week for a specific character. Now, I have purchased this woman's memoir. I am planning something with that. Um, I'm a little worried worried about rights on that one. Because, like, you know, am I violating copyright if I... I think I'm not. If I'm doing a parody, I'm not. So I'm going to have to do it in such a way that I'm not just reading directly from her um, memoir because that might be viewed as, like, copyright infringement. So, but I, you know, anyway, that memoir is of Carrie Lake, everybody's favorite. So I'm going to do a very brief Carrie Lake impression because 
I gotta do what my people ask me for. So here we go, just very briefly. I'm Carrie Lake, and you're fake news, and you're a liar, and I am the governor of Arizona, goddammit, and everyone knows it. Carizona is the official name of Arizona now, and I, you think I'm kidding? You think that's a joke? Well, it's not. Okay, I'm going to put in my skivvies, my size 2 jeans, and I'm going to zip them up, and I'm going to strut right into... Mar-a-Lago, and I'm going to stare down Donald J. Trump, and I'm going to say to him, I am your VP, and your fake news, and he's going to crumble. He's going to, to, to break, and that little Alana Haba, that, that, that lawyer of the week that he likes to wine and dine, will just crumble in my greatness, because she might be younger and wear her saucy little numbers on camera, but she has no idea. I have entire souls within my being. I drink pig kidney smoothies for lunch, everyone. I'm Carrie Lake. So anyway, these are the stories that Fox News ignored every week. I compare the hours I watch on Fox News to five hours of the PBS NewsHour. The following list, and it's long this week, are stories that PBS covered that Fox News did not here we go. Firefighters battled a wildfire that spread to over 80,000 acres across the Mojave Desert last week. An Islamist state group, ISKP, took responsibility for a suicide bombing that killed 54 people at a Taliban event in Pakistan. Two rival Palestinian factions battled in a refugee camp inside Lebanon, killing at least nine people, including a popular Palestinian general with the Fatah group. Fifteen African nations imposed sanctions on the junta that overthrew the democratically elected president in Niger. France, Italy, and Spain began evacuating its citizens from the country. The U.S. State Department ordered all remaining non-emergency personnel and el eligible family members to leave Niger. The U.S. Embassy remains open. Protests in support of Niger of the Niger coup broke out in the capital. U.S. swimmer Katie Ledecky surpassed Michael Phelps' record by winning 16 individual world titles in a little over a year. PBS produced a segment about how the billions of dollars paid to state and local governments in opioid settlements from pharmaceutical companies and pharmacies is being spent. President Biden signed an executive order to reform how the military justice system handles sexual assault claims. The changes, which received bipartisan support in Congress, remove criminal complaints from the victim's chain of command and gives the authority to trained prosecutors. The U.S. economy added 187,000 new jobs last month, which was slightly lower than analysts expected. The rate last month is closer to pre-pandemic levels of job growth. North Korea finally issued a response on the fate of Private Travis King, an American soldier who inexplicably dashed into North Korean territory during a civilian tour of the demilitarized zone. A Pentagon spokesperson said that the DPRK has responded to United Nations command but could give no more information. PBS produced a segment about the UN World Food Program. Global hunger has dramatically increased due to conflicts around the world, including the war in Ukraine and climate change. Dozens of congressional Democrats were petitioning to end expedited screening of asylum seekers in Border Patrol custody, saying they were not getting access to lawyers as promised. Two Trump supporters in Michigan were charged with felonies for their effort to illegally access and tamper with voting machines. New Jersey Lieutenant Governor Sheila Oliver died last Tuesday of a sudden illness at the age of 71. She was one of New Jersey's most prominent black leaders. The family of Hen Henrietta Lacks reached a settlement with a biotech company for the use of her cervical cells in research without her consent or any compensation. Her cells were the first human cells to ever be successfully cloned. PBS produced a segment about the demise of local newspapers. Over the past two decades, 2,200 weekly newspapers closed down in cities and towns across the country. A federal court sentenced a man to death for the murder of 11 people in the Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh in 2018. The massacre was the highest casualty uh, anti-Semitic hate crime in U.S. history. 
The extreme heat that hit over 80% of the world's population in July was likely caused by climate change, according to a new analysis by the nonprofit research group Climate Central. Beijing, China recorded its heaviest rainfall in 140 years, which has resulted in extreme flooding and 21 deaths. Pope Francis rebuked Portugal Catholic leadership over the sexual abuse of minors when he visited the country for World Youth Day. So some new developments in the Ukraine war. Russia damaged Ukraine's grain trade after an attack on Odessa. Moscow was hit with drone attacks while Russian missiles killed six in President Zelensky's hometown in central Ukraine. Ukraine attacked a Russian port in the Black Sea with drones. The U.S. military is considering adding armed troops to commercial ships traveling through the Strait of Hormuz to prevent Iran from seizing and harassing civilian vessels. Additional warships, aircraft, and Marines have been deployed to the region to prevent further Iranian aggression. In South Korea, a man drove his car into pedestrians outside of a shopping mall and began stabbing random people. Fourteen people were injured in the attack. This is the second stabbing attack in two days. South Korea decided to press on with the World Scout Jamboree as thousands of scouts left the event early due to extreme heat. Last week marked the fourth anniversary of the racially motivated mass shooting at a Walmart in El Paso, Texas. PBS focused on how the mass killing has affected survivors and the families of the victims. Texas A&M will pay a $1 million settlement to Kathleen McElroy, a black journalist and academic, over an offer of tenure that was reduced to a one-year position. McElroy's hiring faced conservative backlash over her support of diversity programs. The city of Phoenix, Arizona, experienced a brief respite from extreme heat for two days before temperatures climbed to over 100 degrees again. New cases of COVID-19 are on the rise across the United States, including a spike in hospitalizations. Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny was sentenced to 19 more years in prison on charges that he was promoting extremism. Navalny was an outspoken critic of Vladimir Putin before he was jailed. A court ordered a reenactment of the Parkland school shooting, complete with live ammunition as part of a civil lawsuit against a former sheriff's deputy accused of failing to do enough during the massacre. The same deputy was cleared of criminal wrongdoing for his role in the mass shooting. Justin Pearson and Justin Jones both won back their seats in the Tennessee state legislature after being expelled for participating in a gun control demonstration. Diana Taurasi is the first WNBA player to score over 10,000 points in her career. Taurasi has played in the league for 19 years. An American tools machine company, Haas, may be indirectly supplying parts used in Russian weapon systems. The company said it stopped all sales to Russian firms when the country invaded Ukraine in 2022. Representatives from the WGA Negotiating Committee sat down with Hollywood's biggest studios on Friday. The meeting was not productive. The Biden administration launched a new Bureau for Global Health Security and Diplomacy. John Nickasong, ambassador-at-large for the global health diplomacy, was chosen to lead the agency. According to a new NPR PBS NewsHour Marist poll, Republicans are far less likely to view climate change as a serious threat. A majority of Democrats and independents thought that climate change should be given a priority over the economy, while 72 percent of Republicans believe the exact opposite. The polling showed that 70 percent of Republicans viewed climate change as just a minor threat or no threat at all. Protests in Japan increased as the country is set to release wastewater from the damaged Fukushima nuclear power plant. Now, this is sort of the Trump effect in that this uh, podcast has gone a little bit over time. That's what he does to the news cycle. He just sucks the life out of everything. Now, very quickly, by the numbers, this is where I compare the top five topics from PBS NewsHour to Fox for the week ending August 6, 2023. So for Fox, we have the Trump indictment, 40 percent. Hunter Biden, 17 percent, of course. Biden bashing, 5 percent. Crime increasing, 3 percent. And the border crisis was 2 percent. So for PBS, we have 29 percent was the Trump indictment. 8 percent was the opioid settlements that are being paid out to state and local governments. 7% was that executive order that Biden signed that should change how sexual assault is prosecuted in the military. 
5% was dedicated to the death of local newspapers, and 4% was climate change. That showed the polls that showed that Republicans were had a very, very different opinion about it than Democrats and independents. So words used on Fox News for the week ending uh, August 6, 2023. Trump. Now, again, this was more than usual. This was 18 hours. 726 times. That is amazing. Biden. 708 times. That's how many times a word was used um, in the transcripts. Indictment, 321. Hunter, 279. Jack Smith, 114. Crime, 102. China Chinese, 82. Obama, 69. Burisma, 56. Border, 44. Newsom, 36. DeSantis, all the way down to 35. Hillary Clinton, 22. Climate change, 11. Get this one. Inflation. Again, this is 18 hours, six times. AOC, five times. RFK Jr. dropped. He's been a major player. One reference, and I also searched for Kennedy. Couldn't find anything but one reference. Heat wave, also one reference. Not like that's been a story. So coming up, I'll be analyzing Fox and Friends, The Five, and Jesse Waters Primetime. I also have the Who is Hunter Biden Part 3. I just have to go through and pull quotes from that. That has been massively delayed due to Trump but it's like 95% finished. That should be coming out any day now. And that's it. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you'd like to become a supporter, you can go to my Substack for Decoding Fox News. You can my Patreon for Decoding Fox News. You can share this podcast, share the newsletter with a friend. That also helps tremendously. And my mascots for the podcast, Odin and Thor, the two small cats I got from the Brooklyn Cat Cafe, also send their love. I will see you at the next podcast. Hey.